heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how Payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, hockey, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code THPN only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restriction apply. See DraftKings.com for details. From the wildwoods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Jerome here alongside the state of Hoppy. And thank you for joining us whenever and wherever you might be listening. Sunday, end of the weekend. How's it going, Hoppy? You know, things are good, everything considered, I guess. But uh, I just took out third and fourth mortgage on my house because uh, my wife had a Peloton delivered. So that's a big change in my life. Yeah, um, those are sweeping the nation. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say one of our one of our basketball podcast guys, LA Ray, apparently is featured in one of the videos. So shout oh. out LA Ray, uh, LA Courtside Podcast on uh, Hoops Podnet. Go check that out. Uh, thanks everyone jumping on our live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, and of course back on the podcast wherever you get your podcast from we drop it every monday and thursday and of course we stream every wednesday and sunday episode 132 of the soda pod uh we have two guests joining us today so i'll just run down the show uh hoppy hour right off the bat with our friend james whitlock of the king's realm uh one of the two LA Kings podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. And then we got some NHL wild talk, most mostly Honda division talk. And our friend Richard Blosser from Grit and Barrett podcast is going to jump along for that ride as well. And uh, for regular uh, listeners and fans of the Soda Pod, it's Sunday. So you know that we're going to end the show with a little MNCAA. As, uh, as we rag the puck a little bit before James joins us. Um, well, other than, you know, the new experience there with the Peloton and uh, and having to say take that uh, second mortgage out on your house. Uh, did you get anything? Did you get up to anything this weekend? I know you and I met and I talked a little bit about how uh, how I just got Catan. So I've been on that the Catan board game train. But you told me you weren't a fan of that one. No, man, we don't want to get into that. <laughs> well, I mean, get a little bit here, a little bit here. Like, what what do you prefer? Uh, because obviously, like it's a similar game to, to a lot of strategy games out there that are kind of sweeping the nation right now. Yeah. And I honestly like the majority of those strategy games. Tan is like on the short list of the ones that I just don't want to spend time on. Um, if it's the only game I had, I'm sure you could convince me to play it, but there's just so many other ones that I prefer over it. Um, I don't even know. Where do I start with that? What were the ones that you had mentioned that we actually had both played? Ticket to ride. There's not a yep, ticket to ride. Um, 
Which, by the way, I was playing that bumping Stan Rogers in the background. So if anybody knows who Stan Rogers is, uh, you'll be you'll be smiling. I would take the Northwest Passage. Literally, Stan Rogers, best song, Northwest Passage. How there are you? you? Go. <laughs> oh man! Maybe, All right. maybe we'll, when we get bored this summer, we'll have to come up with just a segment where we go off on those different games and we'll rate them and argue about them. Summer segment. Absolutely. All right, let's jump right into the hoppy hour. Like we said, uh, we'll talk about what we're drinking here. I know when James hops on, he will be on, you know, perhaps even his second wobbly pop of the night. So uh, he can chime in on what he's drinking uh, then. Again, thanks everyone tuning into the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And those listening back on the podcast, episode 132 of the Soda Pod. First, I'd like to propose a toast to UMD goaltender Alex Stalock. To Stalock! To Stalock! I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it. You're all hopped out? Uh, before we uh, you know, talk about what we each have on tap here in episode 132 of the Soda Pod, I uh, just want to give a shout out to our friends at DraftKings. Now, we talk about it all the time here on the Soda Pod, how you can't partake in the sportsbook app uh, if you're in the great state of hockey, but uh, Hoppy has some encouraging words to say, uh, you know, despite that. Despite the sadness that comes with that, you can play daily fantasy sports. You can build your own lineups, whether that's for all the games in one day, or you choose one game and you build the best roster that you can. You can enter for a dollar, you can enter for a thousand dollars, whatever fits your mold. Um, but Jump in again, promo code THPN. If you want to get started, get that sign up bonus. And again, find some way to gamble in this stupid goddamn state. And I mean, on the daily fantasy, there's always huge cash prizes up for grabs every week, like this week in particular, is jam packed with action, not only on the hockey side, but on the hoop side, uh, UFC, and pretty much any other sport that's going on in the world. And DraftKings has plenty of ways uh, for you to get the front row seat to all the action. Uh, now that you know how to play, Download the DraftKings app and sign up using, like Hoppy said, promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry on their first deposit. That's promo code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hoppy, what do you have on tap tonight? We have the best, the one and only, the... Peanut butter porter. Oh yes, I and love even the, better. Um, oh, well, I was just gonna say I love uh, I love the mug there. Oh, great mug! But also uh, shout out to my neighbor Connor for going and grabbing it for me yesterday. Uh, he told me last night, and he's absolutely right that this one actually even has a little bit more peanut butter than usual. So I'm quite happy right now. Amazing, amazing. Uh, we got our friend, like I said, James from the King's Realm, just hopping in here momentarily. I'll, I'll quickly run off uh, what, what I'm drinking here, and then we'll, we'll bring him in to see what, what he has on tap. But I want to give a shout-out to uh, to Shane Van Nice, your boy SV, um, potentially DeQuavis. I don't know. But uh, he he and I played some hoops over the weekend, and he gave me a little, uh, little care package. And one of the many things included in that was this uh, Three Kingdoms beer, Honey Kolsch. I love honey beers. I love Kolsch's. So this seems like the perfect mix. And um, Shane's been on the show to talk a little bit about Three Kingdoms uh, Brewing. And um, man, yeah, they, their art is, you know, super comic booky, I guess, kind of yeah. uh, anime slash manga style. 
uh the beers that you know i've tried with him that he's given me before have been awesome so so cheers sir <clears throat> perfect exactly exactly what you want in a, a honey kolsch there oh man um you, you usually have two beers on tap poppy what, what else do you have uh, in line tonight no i have this size oh. of peanut butter <laughs> there you go i no. love it i didn't know if he got you the crowler or not so I was oh just... no he he got me the growler he actually stopped by and grabbed it for my wife because i wasn't even home i actually went to two different breweries yesterday um but uh no this we've said it so many times we're gonna have to just make a, a recording that we can play over and over where i explain how incredible this beer is and how it actually got me into craft beer well actually i have a you know you've kept You've been bugging me because we talk off air and I'm always like, oh, I got to run to the store. I got to grab another beer. And you're just like, just fill your damn fridge already. Um, and I have, I have, I'm, I'm set for like the next four to five soda pods. So we're good to go. And even, uh, even my mother, she, she doesn't drink. So she thought it, it was kind of funny to get me a non-alcoholic uh, German lemon style beer. So I'll bring that into the mix <laughs> one night as well. And speaking of getting into the mix, let's, uh, let's bring our friend James into the mix. James hey guys, from the King's realm. How's it going? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Awesome. We just uh, we just made the rounds about what we have on tap. Uh, I told you to make sure you had a beer uh, ready before joining us. Uh, what are you drinking tonight, sir? Absolutely. Here we go. In true King's Realm fashion, I crack it with you guys. We got St. Archer's Citra 7 IPA tonight. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Um, overall, because you know, you're new to the soda pod, um, we like just to, to ask folks like, whether you're into the craft beer scene or not, like what are your favorite styles of beer? Are you more of a, a dark stout guy? Are you more of like IPA? You, you like your citrus beers? Like what, what's your go-to? Are you kind of a mix of them all? I'm a California guy. And, and, and in so I guess I have to stick with IPAs. That's, that's kind of like uh, kind of our world out here. And I've, I've fallen for it hook, line and sinker. So I'm, I'm, I'm really into it. Like I get more into it now than ever. And uh, I'm truly a scotch guy. And, and when I got into scotch, I, I, um, I, I really fell into the Islas, the heavy PD. And so it's kind of, it's, it's kind of my world where I'm just like, all right, if I'm going to go in, I'm going to go all in. It's interesting. Cause I'm like the opposite. Like on most things I'm all in. And when I got into scotch, I'm like, the Islas are just like way too much for me to handle. Give me like the soft Glen livet. Give me, you know, yeah. I, I just can't do anything beyond like a space side pretty much when it comes to scotch. Yeah, the the studio bottle is Lagavulin. Ooh. Ooh. So I always this is the uh, Nick Offerman edition. If you guys are fans of uh, <laughs> Parks and Rec, you'll recognize uh, Ron Swanson. Oh yes. Oh yes, indeed. <laughs> well, I feel like anyone who wasn't a fan of Parks and Rec now that it's like what it's on Netflix now. Correct me if I'm correct me if I'm wrong. So that's it that's is, called. I think it's every fourth meme as well. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't know the show, you know Ron Swanson pretty well by memes. That is true. That is true. All right, let's get right into it here, James. Uh, let's talk about this last. Well, the Wild and Kings series. I know there've been a there've been a few of them uh, this season, but let's talk about the latest one because that game was a nail biter uh, for for both markets. Uh, the Wild come in, you know, come out on top of it with D Matt Dumba scoring with one second left in overtime. Which are you guys uh, losing your mind at that point? Oh, wild fans have completely lost their mind uh, when that happened. But I want to get just your thoughts on the series overall and just the matchup that is uh, the Wild and Kings in this unique season. So our talk um, this whole year has said if if we have any chance of doing anything this year, it's got to be 
it's really got to be predicated by how we do with the wild, right? The, any playoff hope would be through the wild. So, um, I mean, the Kings are, are truly still in a rebuild and, uh, and, and knowing that we've, we've lost some age, right? We've, we lost some guys with some years and we brought in some new talent. Um, it's it's really a pivotal year just to kind of get people uh, really acclimated with the NHL. And so that being said, uh, we knew kind of in the beginning, we kind of went in, we're, we're a rainbows and butterflies type podcast. Like you think the Kings are going to do everything every year. Um, uh, but we're still smart enough to know that we're, we're a bottom three team in the league, in the division. And uh, and we got to work our way up, right? So anything that we do is our way up. And and the Wild really showed uh, in the beginning of the season that that they were they were hungry for it and they deserved a spot. So um, we haven't won too many games in this series. The one we did, we did in epic fashion. Yeah. But uh, but out of seven, I mean, the Wild have really shown that they deserve all the hype. And I don't know what what would you say, Isha, is the opposite of rainbows and butterflies? Because I feel like that's how we kind of come off to the wild market. <laughs> yeah, because we're I mean we're both fans of the wild, but we're realists. They're, but they're yeah we're realists, and they're not like our first team. Hoppy's a Pittsburgh guy, and I'm a, you know Canucks guy. But we follow this team and do a podcast about them, and they're I'd say they're like second, third on our list there. So we bring that realist perspective where the the rainbows and butterfly folks uh, they don't like us very much. Yeah, yeah, I get that. You know what? You don't get love either. No matter what side of the fence you sit on, you're going to get haters. So you just <laughs> be <true>. you, right? <laughs> like, uh, I think I called 3-0 and this past week, and we were 1-3. Uh, and three. Uh, and, and the o- we got an OTL out. We got a point. So, I mean, one out of four ain't bad. Well, how about the, the reverse retro clash there? Because I'd argue that the Kings and the Wild are, you know, two of the best uh, reverse retro jerseys that have come out this season. I thought it looked incredible on tv i love that they did both teams playing because i've seen it where the home team plays in it and the visiting team wears their standard jersey the away jersey but i love that both teams did it um because that's that's really what i want to see right we want to see all of the jerseys from the league and how they play and really the best way to do it is is those reverse retro nights so it was pretty cool to see both teams in it i will say the Avs do have a great retro jersey, though. They do, but I've said it on this podcast before. Like, uh, it just annoys me how they just like took Quebec's amazing, you know, you know, jersey logo and just made it their own. Which I'm sure those in Quebec are still uh, quite salty about the move. Isha, you're still uh, yeah. a hypocrite. How is the Wild any different? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, really. They, uh, they, yeah, really. They, I, I think they took the the Nordiques uh, logo in their in their suitcase when they came down. So that's clearly, it's kind of like they just unpacked it, repainted it. You know, put it back, put that, put that retro uh, retro uh, car back on the on the street there. So, which one out of them all do you think was like the most hideous? Because we 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 beat that horse to death here on the soda pod early on. Um, for me, like you know, I, I think the Canucks one sucks, and there's a few there's a few other obvious ones in there. But no for bias. you, what what were some where you were just like they could have done so much better? I love uh, hating on the Ducks, so that <laughs> yes. always, it's yeah. always easy to go to a cartoony Disney esque jersey like. So how bad. am I really supposed to square off with you and not laugh in your face? <laughs> well, I also think that's like the most controversial one because some people loved that, and I'm like, what? <laughs> that's that's because they're still under Disney hypnotics, right? They're not true <laughs> hockey fans in Anaheim down down the road here, 
uh, they they uh, they go to games to talk about their uh, their trucks. <laughs> Shots so, fired at Quack Report. You know what I'm talking about, bro? Yeah, bro. <laughs> if you're if you're a Ducks fan, you're more like this. <laughs> you flat brim that thing. Oh, that's awesome. Um, right, let's bring it back to the Kings here. Um, what are some of the bright spots of the season? Like you said, I mean, you guys are like the the more positive group there on the Kings realm. Uh, so you probably talk about you know what the, some of the bright spots, anyways, on your podcast. But and I'd say that probably goes further than just the prospects because you alluded to you're still in a rebuild and both uh, well both in Ontario and on the Kings roster there are some good young players. What are some other things other than those? Because I, I will get into Ontario in a bit here. Uh, because one thing that we uh, that we've seen this year from the Kings is that um, they're bringing more in the power play. Like that's been a major focus, and it's even self admittedly on the team they talked about in years past where they just didn't practice power play. Right, they didn't feel it was the, as important. Um, and and this year, I think McClellan's really putting a focus on that. Even where games where they performed poorly in the power play, that was the next morning skate was the power play and working on that. And you see um, one thing significant about this team this year is you see the turnaround from game to game, right? Um, where you see uh, one thing that they didn't do good in the game prior, you see the the effects of of that practice and that focus on it the following game and they're hungry to learn so so you're seeing where you, there where there was a shutout um the the game prior they come back and they they you know they're down three or oh three but they come back to tie it um and it and i think a lot of that is that focus that being able to go in and change from game to game where in years past we just kind of felt like once you're on the down slope you know enjoy the ride Hey, the wild uh, fans can empathize with that. Yeah, <laughs> but you're but, in a safe uh, space yeah, right now. Let, let's let's hear some negative. Like who who do you want to just beat on that you can't on your podcast because you're all rainbows and butterflies? Oh no, we beat on anybody anyway. So huh? um, if, if you if you go into years past, we still talk about uh, Dwight King, um, where God rest his <laughs> soul, wherever he is. Um, but yeah, we have no problems beating on uh, beating on those who deserve it. Um, I, I want to see more out of Olimata. Um, I, I feel we, we know he's a better player and he does ha kind of have a ramp up time where it takes him um, in, you know, in teams fast where it takes him a while to get into his groove. Um, and I feel like uh, I feel like he needs to find that. The other one, I, and hate me for this, uh, Kings fans, but there's just times where Drew Doughty's head is not there. And we saw it in this last game where, um, Dowdy just completely flubs that pass, and and quite honestly, that that's a, that's a decision point or a, that's a game making point um, where he he can't take that pass, and then there's a breakaway the other way. Yeah, I mean that's that makes me smile. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, I I'm all for the jabs that you. Uh, good sleeping in for the gold medal game, which we still won. Shout out, by the way, anniversary today of this recording. Uh, Canada beating US, the USA in uh, the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver. Uh, I'm the only Canadian right now on this stream, so I just want to ravish in that a little bit. Uh, everyone out here on the West Coast Fair was enough. drunk at 11 a.m. It was a beautiful thing. Um, but I want to ask you, James, um, out of like Dowdy, Carlson, and let's say Carey Price, who is underperforming 
at their price point to their contract the most right now? Um, I I would go with Carlson. I mean, I I feel like Dowdy Dowdy's still. I'm like he's scoring goals. You know, he's got uh, I think he's four or five goals in now on the season. Um, one of the top performers as far as goal scores on the team. Um, I, I feel like you really can't um, call him out too much. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of price, so um, he is the goalie robot. So he's coined a goalie robot on our on our uh, podcast. So we uh, I, I got to go off that uh, more so than anything else. But I haven't. It's it's and and I'll tell you one thing. It's really hard this season. It's hard to see other divisions, right? Is, yeah. um, more more so than any other year. Uh, so. Talks like this, I've got to do more due diligence on on seeing what else is out there in the league, um, which I think is kind of good that we're working with DraftKings because I'm actually going in and looking up everybody's stats more. So shout out to DraftKings. Um, Promo code THPN. THPN. (laughs) So we have a league. We got to get you in our league too. Yeah. yeah. uh, It it does help because in in this, you get so locked into your division um, because that's all you're seeing. You're seeing eight teams play. And you got to remember that, you know, there's a whole nother three divisions out there. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's where I would say. All right. All right. Um, Hobby, do you have anything else uh, before I just dive into some prospect talk? Take it away, man. Um, so, I mean, I could talk about, you know, who's performing well in the roster. We know Velarde, he's a stud and there's some other young players who, you know, got a look last year. Um, I love that Bjornfoot kid on the, on the back end, Mr. Bearclaw himself, but, uh, but down in Ontario, I mean, this team has a hell of a young core Bruin. And I'm talking, you know, past Byfield, who's ripping it up six points in nine games. I mean, Rasmus Kupari, and the list goes on. Uh, what are some, you know, Tyler Madden, you know, former Vancouver Canuck there. Um, oh. what, are some of the, what are some of the young guys that are, you know, ex- exciting you guys, and whether you follow them a lot or just the, the Kings are hyping up? Uh, you, you named it right there. Uh, Kupari is definitely on the list. Um, Byfield is, is one to watch. Uh, uh, and, and it's a lot of this explosive, uh, explosive speed. The uh, this this uh, this last two three years, I'm starting to see these guys uh, a lot more confident with the stick and and being able to uh, call shots and and um, like just look at Velarde uh, as he's in now. Um, he just did an interview after uh, a couple games ago talking about the uh, shootout, and he already knows what his moves are. He already knows they're going to work. Um, and they asked him, do you even get advice? Uh, yeah, I, look, I go to the bench. I talk to the guys. But ultimately, I already know what I'm doing. So, I mean, that kind of confidence, you didn't see uh, five, ten years ago. You know, the, the young guys kind of came in, tried to get told their role in, in the team, and they did what they were told to do. And now these guys, I think, come in with a lot more confidence. And it's nice to see that they're playing each other as well. So I, I, love, the, uh, I love the way the rain are looking this year for the, uh, the Kings, uh, AHL team. And, uh, I, I think, you know, I think Kings fans, we try and tell them that it's not about what's going on the scoreboard this year, because we're trying to, they said it best on one of our, uh, one of our, uh, post-game broadcasts in talking about the uh, farm system is you have to understand these kids are getting positions that they haven't earned. And I think that's very important. I think that's good to talk about all farm systems is they're being put in positions that are, bigger than them right? and they have to learn to rise to them because the next level is something that they're not even prepared for. So that's, that's what we're, we're excited about. It is the number one farm system in the NHL. And, uh, 
And I think not only is going to help the team grow uh, organically, but it's also going to give us a lot of a lot of leverage if we needed to make some moves over the years. Oh, yeah, to- totally. It's just really interesting because so far, everything we've talked about, I feel like we come from like polar opposites of the spectrum. Like the Wild have never had the problem of a guy being slotted too high in the lineup largely when they're in their development process. It's usually more, hey, we've got a ton of depth, but we don't have any studs. And so the good players that should be our studs are getting kind of pushed down the lineup to work their way up. Um, But I'm curious, kind of helping both of us and going off of this prospect talk, who do you look at in the organization as being expendable from that prospect pool? Like who do you see as a center who, whether he's with the rain, whether he's still playing NCAA or playing major junior, like who's someone that you look at as being a trade chip that you'd be willing to move on from to bring in something in need for you. That's a tough call. Um, there, there, I mean, there is talk there, there was talk uh, and it, and it comes up every once in a while, but um there was talk about, you know, Velarde being on there, uh, Quinton being on there um, as uh, as some major bait to give somebody, you know, as we get a stud now, um, here's a stud you're going to have, you know, that's maybe four years younger and uh, and 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 be able to groom into that position. We need him now, but uh, but you guys will have that in a couple of years. The thing is, the Kings have put so much work into this, and we've been in the hole in the past where we've traded around, traded a lot of first rounders, second rounders, and didn't have the ability to build this up. That now you have it, you almost don't want to let it go, right? Because you just don't know what you have until you develop them. Um, so I, I just don't see the Kings being the team in the league that's going to risk giving up that that uh, prospect. Uh, but I think if there's Imminent trades because I there truly is more talent than there is ice right now for the Kings. So um, with that being said, it's it is going to be uh, there are going to be some moves, um, and you don't want to see these guys go because you know they're going to grow up and and you're going to be playing them probably in Stanley Cup someday. So yeah, L- last one for me uh, before I give you you know some room to talk a little bit about the podcast and, and pump your show a little bit to our listeners. Um, as far as Jeff Carter, I want to talk a little bit about him. Like, how beloved is he in the market? Because I know he's been there for a long time. Now he's, you know, past 30, he's what, 36, 37 years old. He still brings it every night. He's still a player that the Kings lean on for offense. And I just wanted to know because every market has those beloved players or with the team for a long time and still like produce basically until the end. Just talk a little bit about, you know, how the fan base, how much love they have for Jeff Carter and how much he means to this franchise. Well, if you talk, it depends. If you talk to the Kings fans, the male Kings fans, they love them. If you talk to the ladies, <laughs> it's a completely different story. Like my, I think my wife only watches the Kings to see Jeff Carter. Um, <laughs> what I hear, but that being said, uh, I, it, you know what? I think the time off um, has helped some teams, and with with the Kings having a very short season um, and not making that bubble uh, last year, uh, it gave people time to heal and and actually get some rehab time. Um, I don't think anybody's gained from that more than Jeff Carter. Um, you're seeing a, a Carter of you know four or five years ago. Um, I putting Anthony Cu next to him. Um, and, and those two running the, the sides, um, you see those breakaways happen with the two of them. And I think they are energizing each other, um, to where, 
we're seeing a lot more out of those two. And it, and it that makes it exciting, right? Where, where you had a Kings team two, three years ago that you you were, you were looking for dirty goals. You're like, oh, let's some, someone make a mistake so we can score a goal. <laughs> now you're actually looking at a team that that has breakaway power, has, you know, shooters that are that are uh, dangerous, you know, at top of the circle. So um, it, I, Jeff Carter plays a big part of that energy. Um, and you're seeing the same thing out of Dustin Brown. I know Brownie's not a very popular guy around the, around the league, but um, also 36. And the guy's leading a goal scorer on the team and just scoring some amazing goals. You guys saw it in that 4-0 game, that breakaway. Oh, we did see the breakaway goal. Uh, we lost James here. Um, James, can you hear us? Yeah. Okay, we lost, we lost, we lost you there for a second. <laughs> Um, talked about the breakaway goal. I mean, I mean, I, I, I promise you it wasn't our producer cutting you off. They didn't want to hear about, you know, cause <laughs> I know enough. Minnesota fans, they didn't want to, they don't want to relive that, but, um, that's awesome. Hoppy, do you have anything on the hockey side, uh, left, uh, before we wrap things up and, uh, get James to talk a little bit about the Kings realm? You know, the only piece I actually want to hear, and it's not from the Kings perspective, but it's fun to hear it from outside sources. What are your impressions? Six games in playing against Kirill Kaprizov. Oh, Kaprizov. Yeah, we we uh we we have a couple of memes going around just internally. We haven't put anything on Twitter yet, but I have a new Capri. I've got kids, so I got Capri sons. That I take picture of uh, as a player of the game every every time he has his stupid breakouts, and he guys guys are guys a machine. Like he really is one of the most exciting guys in the NHL, at least in the Pacific, to watch right now. Uh, the only problem is I only watch him against the Kings, and that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, he's a stud. That wraparound goal where he's stretching out and Dowdy's holding him and and he still finds a way to get around that goal to put it in, just remarkable. Going to be a stud, and they've been waiting a long time for him, so the Wild fans are very happy. That, yeah, I can that imagine. It. Um, cool. Before we let you go, James, and, and thanks for jumping on again, episode 132 of the Soda Pod. Um, talk a little bit about your podcast, The King's Room, how it came to be, um, and uh, what you guys got, got brewing here uh, moving forward. Uh, we're just Kings fans. Uh, Jordan, Dennis, myself, we uh, we got together. It was It's kind of like a guy's night tradition, and um, we needed a reason to put a product out instead of just getting together to drink because we all have kids now, so um, so the podcast was born. And so, uh, we, uh, we had some good friends that had a podcast network guys in shorts, um, that were just local guys, were all high school buddies. And, and, uh, so we started talking about stuff and they decided to make a King show after they realized they can't get me to shut up. So they said, you just need your own show. <laughs> so we get back some time on ours and, uh, we just, we just get on, have fun. It's definitely from the fan perspective. Um, and we're, we're uh, you know, we're looking to uh, bring on some guests. I know we're talking to, you know, guests like Derek Armstrong from the organization just to uh, come on and tell stories. And we crack beers. We talk uh, some stuff about hockey. And, and then uh, I go off on about three tangents and I get about three, uh, three glasses deep on whiskey. And it's time to cut us off. See, and, and that's why we love you guys. It's, uh, James, it's been a pleasure to talk to you here on the Soda Pod. It's been a pleasure to work with you as uh, you are a member of the Hockey Podcast Network, and it was awesome that we connected go there. Kings, go. go, go, Kings, go. I love it. Uh, thanks again, everyone. Go show them some love. Uh, the Kings Realm Podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs> oh, nice. damn, that's beautiful. On the other side, 
We have some uh, NHL talk, some Minnesota Wild talk, some Honda Division talk with our friend Richard Blosser. Again, you're listening to the Soda Pod, episode 132, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. You're listening to episode 132 of the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Thanks everyone uh, joining the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And thanks everyone listening back on the podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. And one last thank you to James from the King's Realm. Uh, their podcast is so much fun. Uh, it's an honor to work with them here at the Hockey Podcast Network. And it was uh, it was awesome talking to him on this episode. Uh, Richard, our friend, uh, how's it going, buddy? Hey guys, how's it going? Coming through all right? Uh, yeah, yeah, we can hear you just fine. Um, all right, yep. Hello, my friends. It is we are elbow deep in hockey right now. Everything's up and running. College, ECHL, American Hockey League, NHL. It's glorious time of year, my friends. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, Richard, you, your audio is coming through fine. You're a little bit delayed on the mm-hmm. video side, uh, but it, we'll, we'll roll with it and see if it works. And if we need to address it, we will. Um, two Pittsburgh fans here on the Soda Pod. I, I don't know how I feel, boys. What, one and a half. One and a half. One and a half. <laughs> well, why do you say that, Hoppy? <laughs> I, I just don't know how someone can be a Pittsburgh fan and also cheer for the the Hershey affiliate of the Washington Capitals. I don't know. That's That's a little dirty to me. Well, you see, Your Honor, here's why. Um, my, uh, I had a Pittsburgh grandmother, rest her soul. She lived on Mount Washington. I went to visit her as a kid. She used to uh, take me to old Three Rivers there in Pittsburgh. So that's where my love of the city came from. And when the world gets right, I've told my fiance, we're going back Mount Washington, light rail all the way to South Hills. And I'm finding her old home. So oh, that, that's, that's where that nice. love came from. Uh, and, you know, Hoppy said it there. You're you're Hershey Bear fan, the affiliate, the HL affiliate of the Washington Capitals. And you have a podcast, you know, mainly focused on it, um, but with, with other mm-hmm. things as well. Grit and Bear yep. podcast. Uh, before we get into, you know, NHL and the hockey talk here, just to talk a little bit about the show, how it came to be, and what else you bring in regards to just uh, Hershey Bear, hockey talk, and I assume also chocolate. Well, um, I, the show was born out of an idea of why can't there be another podcast focused on the American Hockey League as well. Um, I tell everyone that I, I, I'm not a journalist. I'm, I'm a hack. I, I'm a fan just like everybody else. I put blue jeans on, I grab my lunch pail, and I go to work. Write for, well, formally, I don't write for anyone. I don't do, like, calls that that much that are like well articulated or tell a story i'm just a fan that overreacts and listens to games sorry richard we're, we're, we're gonna um try logging in and then logging out again it's a little bit jumpy here um but again folks uh richard's podcast it, it is great you get a little bit of everything there hockey talk hershey bear talk and uh, he's a great personality as well um we'll keep this sh- uh, this ship rolling here hoppy when richard gets back in uh pigeon will make sure it all works out there yeah. this segment is uh honda division talk heavy um so 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 let's just let's just jump into it hoppy what what are some key things you wanted to bring up about this uh about this division here i know we had our thoughts at the beginning of the season and it's you know almost midway through the season so we wanted to kind of revisit it 
Yeah. And you know what, man, it's, it's all the, the rainbows and butterflies thing we talked about <laughs> earlier, right? Like you and I are realists and it's awesome that the wild are at the top of the division right now. Right? Like they've already fallen back to second, I guess, technically, but still, I would have never thought that the wild would be in that kind of position. Now we still have to factor in that. Let's see how many games have they played so far? Give or take 20 and 18, I think. Yeah, I was going to say 17 or 18. Yep, 18. So they've got 14 against California-based teams, who I don't think anyone, including our last guest there and James, would argue that that is the bottom feeders of this division. Yes. So while it's awesome and you need to beat those teams, right? Like get the job done that you're supposed to, and that's great we have no idea who this team is because they haven't played the blues. They haven't played the coyotes. They haven't played the Vegas golden Knights. So that's true. There's, there's a lot to still be determined, but again, it's good that they've gotten off to this start. So they've got that wiggle room to see what happens as they run into some of the big boys. Yeah. And what I had noted was like, we just need to pump the brakes a little bit. Look, you can be excited about your team. 100%. We're sports fans. Eat it up, soak it up the whole nine yards for sure. But there's a lot of hockey to be played. And like Hoppy highlighted there, there's a lot of hockey to be played against better teams than the teams that the, uh, that the wild have been beating on uh, as of late. And this is coming from someone who said they'd finished third in the, in the Honda division. So like, I'm, I'm still all about this team. So, so don't worry. And I'm, I'm still all about this interview too, by the way. And this is guest with us. Uh, Richard's is. Richard's back here along all the right. ride. Oh, a lot better now, sir. Uh, Hoppy, what were you uh, saying? That's there? better. Well, I just want to like, confirm my, my, for, you're my apologies, gentlemen. I was trying. I'm like, let's see if I can do this with my webcam. But computer just didn't want to cooperate. So it was just screw it. Doing all this from the phone, which is much quicker. No worries. No worries. There we go. I want to be clear, too, because I'm sure that I'm the beacon of negativity here in Minnesota. And like, I mm-hmm. genuinely am not saying that the Wild are going to be a bad team once they play these better teams. I'm just telling everyone to temper expectations because they have actually looked a lot better than I thought they would even against the California teams. A lot of things are coming together, especially with Zuccarello back in the lineup. Now, if people can stay healthy, maybe they end up in that like three type spot, like he just said, but there's just a ton that we still have to figure out about this roster. And look, people are saying that you don't need centers to win Stanley cups. Now that's what put, put me over the edge. I don't know who said that, but they're wrong. Uh. (laughs) Richard, I know you caught a, a little bit of that as we got you set up here. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I know, like Hoppy said, the and we just highlighted, the Wild haven't played the top teams of the division yet, but they are looking very, very good uh, as of late. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, when it comes to somebody like uh, Minnesota, I'm reminded of the Bobby Cox method with the Atlanta Braves in, in the 1990s. Beat the teams you're supposed to, and go 500 against teams that are above you. And if Minnesota can do that and just also do what the Ottawa Senators did a lot in the uh, mid-2000s and just hang around that playoff spot in that third or fourth position, I think they could be just good enough to stick around and hang in there and maybe, like you said, get a three or a four, and then it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. So I think it's just with Minnesota, just, you know, Beat the guys you're supposed to and maybe win the weekend against guys you know that are better than you. Well, they have – I mean, I know that they played the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, they've only played them once. They they beat them handily. That's not going to happen every time. So, you know, take take note of those wins and, and, and really – 
<laughs> don't take them for granted and think that you're no. better than who you are in, in those sense. Um, so, but that was cool to see. And, and what I like is that the Wilder scoring goals, which is some, as of late and up and down the lineup, which is something that uh, I was a little concerned about going into this season. Our friend, Sean, Sean Cosgrove. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Minnesota wild to the moon. <laughs> to the moon. To the moon. I love it. I love <laughs> That's it. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, I talked about this in our last segment, boys, but again, since there's two Americans here and the only Canadian happy golden gold day, uh, remembering Canada's miracle moment outside of the summit series, uh, beating the United States in the 2010 Olympics. Uh, Richard, there just took a shot Break. as a result. Uh, <laughs> uh, boys, I just want to talk a little bit about that though. Like where were you on that day? And obviously my experience was a little bit different. I was actually working at a restaurant nobody was there it was one of the busier restaurants uh you know in the town that i lived in at the time not a single soul was there during the day so we closed the doors um you know fired up the tvs and we all just kind of had a little party there at work uh where were you guys and i know obviously devastated by the loss but but just talk about that that moment in that day that moment for me was one of the moments that made me be a uh, a hockey fan. That was a time when I was just starting to get back into the NHL, and I had a a room a coworker of mine uh, come over and watch the uh, the game with me, and uh, we were just completely immersed in this. And my one uh, roommate, um, who does not like sports at all, uh, just came down and sat on one of the recliners in the corner, and was just watching us react to the game and he said i don't care about the game i'm just watching you two go nuts over it <laughs> and um it was fun to see um zach parise get the game tying goal i would have been one of those idiots standing and pointing when the goal when he scored and then lo and behold five minutes later Sidney crosby top cor top corner on ryan miller dagger thank you good night Thank you, Jerome McGinley. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I, I watched it, but it, it's a great experience, a losing effort, but it's a fun experience. And it's those are one of the things like as a hockey fan, you just you want to take put in a bottle and store it. It is just pure hockey cocaine right there. That's why I watch the World Juniors every year. That's why I um, always watch the Olympics when they come around. You just love seeing the the playing for pride and the international competitiveness with all these teams. Doesn't matter. U.S., Canada, Russia, Latvia, Germany, Italy. Doesn't matter. They're all playing for pride, and it's great to see. And if you're Drew Doughty, you're playing still with the Roxy hangover. But uh... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> those in vancouver will understand that uh hoppy you're just gonna lips are sealed no, nothing on this i was just waiting my turn i'm, I'm, I'm just wondering i'm just a late host I'm no um honestly i was in college at the time so needless to say based on the uh well the outcome of the game i don't remember where i was watching it but uh i will say kind of on what richard had mentioned like it's just a great moment in hockey, right? To go to overtime in the gold medal game, USA versus Canada. Like it really, really sucked to be on the wrong end of it, but like, I'd rather be there and like have that heartache. And like, that's just the thrill. That's what I watch the game for. Right. It sucks to be on the wrong side of it, but it is what it is, but it's even funnier. I, I didn't have the heart to tell my mom at the time, because this is like probably give or take a year after that happened. But she like is at a store and she just knows that I like the penguins and, you know, God bless her soul. 
she gets this really cheap t-shirt for me. <laughs> and it just so happens to be a jersey that's Crosby, Canada. And she's like, yeah, you really like Crosby, right? I'm like, yeah, mom, thanks. Yeah. That thing went right in the closet and never came out. That, oh, I can't wait to see that thing. I, I'll, uh, I'm pretty sure I still have uh, it, man. I'll give it to you. Amazing. Yes. Oh, I, mean, I, I, I don't it. have the heart to tell her, like, mom, no, what are you doing? Like, mom, I am never going to wear this. But right. thank you. Instead, it was, thank you so much for being so considerate. Um, but yeah, this is going right to the bottom of my closet. <laughs> That'd be like if anyone gave me Love anything it. Boston Bruins, they would just be like, "No, I'm, yeah. I'm never going to be seen with the with this on." Um, would your mom do that, Isha? Uh, yeah, she would. She would just be like, "Oh, this is hockey. Here you go." <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, my mom's just one step above that. <laughs> yeah, my mom. Uh, she's American, and she's from a family of football and baseball fans. So. Yeah, although American. her sister, although yeah. her sister, my yeah. aunt, had season tickets at one point to the Seattle Thunderbirds. So shout out, Tabitha, you're Ayo. a beauty. Nice. Um, anything else in regards to the Honda division as we kind of through the midway point of the season, you know, take some notes on what's been going on. I think for us, it's really looking now again at the desert teams, right? Like yeah. we have nine straight games against Arizona and against Vegas, like very different teams and how they're both set up. But again, both in my mind, way better than the three California teams. So it's just, I'm really excited to sit back and watch and just see how the wild play against next level competition. That that's a great point. And Richard, I'll get your thoughts on it in a sec here. Um, but yeah, they are a step above the California teams, but uh, I'd say a pretty big step under, you know, the, the St. Louis and the Vegas, for example, as well. I personally think, on paper and based on how the players on the wild have been performing again on the stat sheet. And from what I've seen that they're the better team, but I, who am I to say until they play? And that's, that's where the data is really going to come, especially with a bunch of games in uh, in a very short time. Uh, Richard, what are your thoughts on this upcoming desert series uh, with the, with the Arizona coyotes and the Minnesota wild? Um, with the Arizona Coyotes, um, I, I'm going to take a quote from uh, from Bill Simmons. I I view them as a bad, good team. That they are a team that internally is just a complete a complete mess with the player they did not draft. We will not mention his name, and just so many con bad contracts they have, and almost so much dead money in the organization. They're almost at the point it's a rebuild of a rebuild. And that's that's a team that in theory could be very dangerous. And didn't they just have like a seven-game series against St. Louis recently because of COVID? Yeah, yeah they won in game seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's it, you're right. It's not a team you can take lightly because they do have some good players on there. And Darcy Kemper yeah. is still Darcy Kemper. That's but, right, um, right there. But, um, you know, um, I, I just don't see Arizona as I, I see Arizona as almost like a, a soon to be a dead team playing where um, I'm not sure, like, where the trade deadline would be this year. But they're just going to look to start moving guys left and right and just perhaps doing a soft reboot in Arizona, flush the depth, flush some of the vets and try to reload through the farm system because Tucson's still still pretty good. They still got a lot of good guys. On the Tucson Roadrunners. I go ahead, Hoppy. I mean, for me, it, I all of that makes sense. I just go back to the wise words of 
Jim Halpert pretending to be Dwight Schrute. We've got Bears, Beats, Battlestar Galactica. Here we have Kemper, Kachina, Phil the Thrill Castle. And that's all that matters. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, and, Richard, and you... can we say those Kachina jerseys are absolutely fantastic? Oh, and, they're the best in the league, yeah. 100%. And, and it's pretty safe to say in a year or two, once the world gets right, those are going to become their permanent home jerseys. They better. I hope so. They don't do much right in that organization, so I don't know if we can say that that's a lock. <laughs> but True. Hey, that'll get a few more eyes. That'll get more butts in seats, 100%. Oh, Richard, mm-hmm. so so you're you're like you're the AHL guy here. You know, you, you cover Hershey, so obviously you watch a ton of games. You're, you're plugged into the the American Hockey League. So awesome to see that the league is back playing games and that mm-hmm. prospects for respected NHL franchises are being able to develop now. What are some NHL franchises with uh, with a lot of talent, young talent on their AHL club? I know we just talked to James at the Kings Realm. LA is definitely high on that list. I mean. There were so many players I could have I could have noted there outside the Kings. Um, what are some AHL clubs that are just ripe with young talent? Uh, one is actually a new team that started up this year, and that is the Henderson Silver Knights that play out there in a Henderson, Nevada. That's actually they are top in the AHL right now. I just covered that on the pod podcast a couple hours ago um, at eight one and one right now in the Pacific Division. And the just the talent there, like I like they were only seen in like San Antonio last year. So not a lot of people got to see them before they were moved to Henderson. And literally when they were moved to Henderson is when everything happened with COVID, the league shutting down and and everything. So um, I really think Las Vegas has a really, really good farm system that GM um, Greg, uh, George, uh, McPhee out there was able to build through not just through the expansion draft, but keep try to keep a lot of his draft picks as well. And it's you're really seeing that organization that's going to start bringing up a lot of youth when unfortunately they're going to have to move on from that core that got them to the Stanley Cup Finals a couple of years ago. So Vegas, um, I know you guys have Vegas nightly. It's going to suck seeing a few of these guys go, but you have some really good prospects down there out there in Henderson. Hey, Richard, two Vancouver Island kids in uh, Dylan Coughlin and, oh, shoot, who's the who's the <laughs> goaltender? Who is it? Ferguson. Um, yeah. Man, they're, they're both studs. And Coughlin, he got his call up. He played, I think it was like four or five games with the club. He registered an yep. assist. And Ferguson, man, he's got some swagger. There was a, a gif of him where uh, the they, they had a win. He was a starter. He won the... The other team is skating off and he's just given them with his big ass goalie glove, the bye-bye yep, there yep. from the bench. And I'm like, man, this like 20, 21 year old, he's got some swagger there uh, between the pipes. I love it when goalies have fun. He did, he did the window wiping, the window wiping movement. And it, it's, it, it's great. And I, I don't, I, I have AHL TV, but it's only the pass for the bears right now, just cause it's a shortened season and, and everything. I'm looking to upgrade on that once we get to October. But um, uh, Henderson's been a good one. But back here uh, um, out east, there is a kid with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. His name is Wisdom with with Philadelphia. This kid's only 18 years old, six games, 
eight points, four goals, four assists, including going down and sniping one on Wilkes-Barre Scranton, almost falling onto his side and scoring a goal. Wow. I'm telling you, he is going to be in South Philly over the next two years. Wisdom, remember that name. How can I forget with a name like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's and and he he scored a his first goal was a, against us, which was a game late game time goal. But the 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 boy's talented and just he's creating opportunities. He's all getting on highlight reels almost every night there in Lehigh. And again, I hate to sound like what people say about Carter Hart all the time. The kid's only 18 or 19 years old. This is like unreal to see this kind of like someone who is ready to step into that moment and say, yes, give me the pocket. I'm going to go out there and make something happen at 19 years old to see someone on the ice, have the puck and have fans say he's going to do something special with that is absolutely amazing. No, oh, well, that's awesome. And thanks for that. I want to, you know, go mm -hmm. check out that goal and then take note yeah. of it. Um, that, that's all I got for you, Richard. I know, you know, you and Hoppy are the Pittsburgh guys. Yep. Is there anything you guys, you know, want to talk, talk about there? Because it's not every day we bring on a, a Pittsburgh fan here on the soda pod. Well, before we even transition to that issue, I was leaving it for you because I thought it was a softball, but Richard, <laughs> I, I got to ask your apparel right now. Intentional. Yes. yes? Intentional. You mean this old thing? Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, partially because there is a story behind this when we have the time for it. That is why there is also I'm not sure if the camera can show, but there are two jerseys in the back. Um, one is the Albany Devils that now is the Binghamton Devils. And the one that's just off to the side is Hockey Fights Cancer. Um, that is dedicated to all of the Hershey Bears family that has been that we've lost and is touched by cancer because hashtag cancer sucks. No, oh, well said, well said. Um, you better get New Hook's name on that Boston College jersey. That's the only. That's the only <laughs> way I'll actually like it. Really? Not not our boy Matthew Boldy. No, I got I got to bring the BC flavor in uh, into that. Um, Matthew Boldy, sure. I mean, Richard, if you like the Wild, do that. But uh, yeah, if you if wow, you, the you real sounded talent. depressed as you said that. That was weird. <laughs> oh. Oh wait, you wait, wait. You mean this as well? Uh hey, okay. Well, then you can get both. There you go. You can get Boldy and you can get New Hook. Hey, go. look at that, Richard. If you get New Hook on one, I'll pay for it. So there you go. No, he won't. <laughs> I will. It'll just take a couple months. How how long ago was the gold medal game for World uh, Juniors? Okay. Um. <laughs> yes. Uh, Rich, if you don't know, I owe Hoppy a hundred bucks. USD. You $126.32 to be exact. <laughs> Love it. Who's counting? Who's counting? Um, uh, anything Pittsburgh you guys want to talk about before we uh, move on here to our final segment? Richard, that's all you. Anything you want to talk about? Fire Sullivan. Don't agree. Okay. Maybe my anger is misguided. No, I, no, I don't know. No, don't back down that quick. Yeah, Tell that was why. way. That was way too easy. Tell him why. Harder than that. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling up the sleeves. I love it. Okay. Oh, oh okay. here we go. Yep. Okay. I love they brought in Hackstall for one thing to tick off Flyers fans. Number one. Uh, number two, he's going to do great things with the organization because um, Hackstall 
rebuilt the, the uh, yes, but that Hextall was the shitty coach that they had. I know. I just love mixing the two up. <laughs> so, um, what he I, he rebuilt the Flyers farm organization from just an absolute bad team in in Adirond the Adirondack Phantoms, which I personally saw, and had a Phantoms team that had Gosses Bear, Nick Anke Kubel, uh, Corbin Knight. Uh, Forty percent of the roster that's in Philadelphia right now has come through the farm system. So he he is going to rebuild Wilkes-Barre, which really desperately needs it. It is a depleted farm system. Like I look at that roster and and laugh. It is just in a league that's that is so focused on being a developmental league, these just these are the stick arounds and never wases. You know, heck, John John Gruden, the guy they traded for, is down in Wilkes-Barre right now. Doing time on on, on the book. <laughs> Doing time. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I I was I, I was glad to see a uh, little bit glad to see Rutherford uh, step down. Um, I know there were a lot of people that that said, um, "Oh, thank you for the back to back cups. He's done a lot of great things." Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And to take take from what a YouTuber said about him. If he would have retired in 2017 after both cups, he would be held in the same sentence as Badger Bob. Possibly. Now he's become the villain. And I now there is a lot of work done to rebuild this, not just the farm system, but this team. And it just seemed like tonight, the way they lost to the Islanders, hello Islanders, never say die podcast. Um, they just look completely flat back to back or not. You've got next month. The Penguins are playing 14 games next month. You can't say, oh, it's a back to back. You that, that excuse does not fly. Everybody else is going through this. I'm sure the wild does too. You guys have a lot more frequent flyer miles that you're putting on than what Pittsburgh is. That is true. So I guess, Richard, what I'm failing to miss here, because I completely agree, I think Hextall was a great ad. I think he did great things with filling the cupboards for Philly. What? Where does this get to Mike Sullivan in any way? I just think now that I've kind of gotten that out of my system, I think he <laughs> – It looks I, like I you think, got it into your system, actually. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Fire Sullivan, even though I said it, I think he's the next scapegoat. In all honesty, with Jr. gone, um, he's he, people are looking to him as a scapegoat, as a reason to get the team, the team going. Um, yeah, and honestly, yeah, you're right. I can't really list a reason to fire him outside of just making a move for move's sake. And I mean, I can see that happening. I'm not calling for it. I mean, Isha at least knows behind the scenes, like. I am not a homer. Like I'm very critical of the Penguins in a lot of ways. Mike Sullivan is the last person I'm going to criticize in that organization. Like he's a guy that even like you get coach speak, you get bullshit after games, like reasons for what happened. Dude is straight off the cuff, tells you how it is. Like you listen to the thought that he puts into questions that he never thought would like be asked. And the guy Mm -hmm. just understands how to run a locker room, how to manage a bench and he is far from the problem. Could they fire him to try and jolt things? Sure. Is it the right decision? Not at all. That's my take. 
One one thing that's been really sad this year has been seeing the decline of my guy, Evgeny Malkin. Oh, that man. he 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 looks like when you're playing NHL 21 and you're playing defense as a forward and you're skating to that green box on the ice, like, okay, I'm in position. I can start getting points. That's what he looks like. And it's sad. I don't see the pop in his when he skates. I mean, he 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 loves to pass now instead of like shoot which is what he's really really good at or just drive the net he used to drive the net and then do a funky move he, he it looks like the wheels have fallen off it just seems like a, a sharp decline like like last year like in the bubble hockey tournament it was oh he's got a shoulder injury that's why well he got surgery during the off season he's had three months to recover i mean i know he he's what 34 35 and you know that so, yeah, you're on the back end of his career, but it's not supposed to to just go that right off a cliff that quickly. I mean, Crosby's yep. 34, and he's still out there ha- hanging around, hanging good with some of the better guys out there. Look, so, one, one, one thing I'll add to that, though, is that, like, we see that decline when players who've been, let, let's be honest, injury-riddled throughout their career, especially – the last few years that that Malkin has been and and some of the injuries he faces aren't just and, and I know the comparison to Crosby is different because Crosby's obviously had that concussion issue yeah. um but Crosby's on an adolescent Crosby's on another level where he's his talent will carry him until his body just can't anymore well maybe Malkin his body now is just it's just failing it's it's taken too much of a beating and it, and the talent can't carry it as long as you know some of the greats that we see and that that could be a factor cuz Malkin he was never the explosive fast player, but he was quick and he had that power in his skate in his skating. And now it, it's that's, that's what's with a snap of the finger seems to be gone. And that that's concerning. And we've seen it with other players who've, you know, taken constant injury, taken them out 20, 30 games every season. We've seen them decline like this versus a Crosby who had like a, a few years stretch, like two, three year stretch where he was dealing with stuff, but overall plays out the whole year. So let me preface. And, oh, go for it. Uh, and and like I said about wisdom in the AHL, there's probably about 15 guys in the NHL that that's that level of when they have the puck on their stick, you watch because they're going to do something. Um, you know, obviously Crosby, Ovechkin, McKinnon, um, and several young talent that's working their way up to get to that point. Malkin used to be one of those, and maybe there's something mentally that he's saying, "Oh yeah." I can still do this. I can still hang around, but is but his legs and arms are saying no, no, we can't. We can't keep doing this, and it's it's a little it's a little sad to see. And let me preface this by saying that his performance this year has been just inexcusable. Like it's been really bad. That second line as a whole was pretty brutal. Which pray for quick recovery for Jason Zucker. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things, though, that are, like, outstanding with this, right? Like, I do not think he's done. Like, to be honest, if the Wild made a move to bring him in, if Malkin wants to be done in Pittsburgh, I would throw a party. Um, he is a guy that he he's all about his guys, right? Like, he gets very mm-hmm. comfortable with certain people. Yeah. And I think the firing of Sergey Gonchar hurt him to his core. That wasn't good for him. That is the guy that helped him transition into the league. He's been there, by and large, the majority of the time since he's been there. And he's been a guy that he could go to. You also look at how he just clearly didn't give a shit in the offseason, which like 
it's kind of understandable in a way when they don't know if and when the league is going to come back and he's just trying to enjoy himself and not yeah. get COVID. So it's it's and on top of that, he's along with the Penguins never started a season strong. Like I've always been of the mind that like the first month of the season, I essentially write off the amount of times the Penguins are projected to be bottom two in the division come Christmas. Weird. They always make it in the playoffs and come in with some spunk, right? Or win the Stanley yeah, Cup. Slow, or that or too, slow right? starters. Yeah. Always been slow starters. And so again, he's playing way below what I'm comfortable with, but I'm still kind of of the, the mindset where let's give them, you know, First portion of March here, get into it, give him a chance to get comfortable. He's had a lot of rotating line mates too. I want to see if he can come out of this. And I've, you know, the team in general, if Crosby and Malkin want to retire Penguins, I don't care how bad they are, let them do it. But if either of them says, I don't want to be here, trade them and get as much as you possibly can for them. I'm, I'm pretty hands off with it. They've both done more than anyone can ask for the organization. So if they want to stay, you appease them however needed. Agreed. And um, just one last thing on this. As we are approaching uh, St. Patrick's Day here in a couple weeks, now you're going to start seeing defenses gelling, and you're going to see goaltenders getting a lot more comfortable. So a lot of these 6-4, 4-3 games, they're going to start going down over the next month or so. Ooh, Isha, you'll love this. What, what Penguins name do you think I got on the back of my uh... – like penguins St. Patrick's Day t-shirt. I don't know. I don't know. Who is it? Coffee. It's oh, my Irish coffee shirt. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. And this has this has been awesome, Richard. Thanks again for hopping on the soda pod. Um, we got some ex we got some exciting news uh that we're gonna announce soon. I'll 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 pump the brakes and let you handle that uh next week. But uh we'll be in touch, sir. And uh awesome. the key, I look the key, forward. The keys to the castle are yours anytime you want to join the show. Uh you know you're more than welcome. Thank you. And uh, since I, I kind of got cut off earlier, just for all your listeners, um, check out the grit that's G R I T and bear it podcast. New episodes drop uh, Monday. Um, there might be a week here and there. They might drop on Tuesday because of work reasons, but um, we cover Hershey bears, American hockey league and all of the hockey news that matters to me. So, th so thank you guys. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, good luck up there in the state state of hockey and stay safe up there in Western Canada as well. Hey, good news for you, Richard. Our listeners are very accustomed to podcasts dropping late. So they won't at all be phased when it comes out on a Tuesday. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> all right. On the other side, MNCAA wrapping up here on the Soda Pod episode 132. <coughs> Thanks, everyone, joining the live stream. Thanks to Richard. We'll see you all on the other side. Richard Blosser. Uh, you're listening to the Soda Pod episode 132. Thanks to everyone joining the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, one last segment of the show. I'll hand it over to you, Hoppy. MNCAA. MNCAA. Not a lot of excitement here, given that, well, the Gophers didn't have games because those got, well, 
It says postponed, but I'm sure just canceled at this point if they're going to try and move forward with the tournament. Um, but Mankato State staying on top because I can't move the Gophers when they don't play games. <laughs> and they actually split two different 4-3 decisions with the Beavers of Bemidji, who sadly are going to stay down at five. There's you know, not much they can do to move into the discussion at this point. We can only hope that they finish the year inside the top 20 so that we can say every Minnesota team did so. Um, now, Gophers, kind of like we talked about last week with uh, Duluth and St. Cloud, they actually have a big matchup coming up this next weekend, two against Michigan, which a lot of people got excited when they kind of beat on Michigan earlier this year. And that was when I think four or five of their players were gone at national uh, team practice for seeing who might get in for world juniors. So I know we were missing a couple of our defensemen for that, but like Michigan was missing their whole first line, another forward and their top defenseman. So I really want to see how they come out and play that game. It's the last set of games, unless they reschedule Penn state before they go into the tournament, that's going to be a big measuring stick for the Gophers. And, possibly the determining factor on whether or not they finish first or second here for MNCAA. Um, now we do have the two games to finish out conference play for Duluth and St. Cloud. Duluth beat the piss out of them five, one for the first Jeez. game, for whatever reason, they don't have the second game until next week. I'm sure someone listening is yelling at me right now because there's a valid reason that a game was rescheduled or something. I don't know, but Next weekend, they will play the second of the two games, so we'll see how things settle there. Um, but again, biggest note here for me is just wanting to see how real the Gophers are going into conference tournament play against Michigan, who I think is the only team that really rivals them, except for, I mean, obviously Wisconsin's had their number this year, and they've got some top-tier studs. I just don't know if they have the depth to compete with the Gophers if the Gophers actually show up, which they haven't so far against Wisconsin. <laughs> it's annoying when Wisconsin has their number, eh? Uh, it's not, it's not often, but it hurts. It's so funny. I went from one podcast host who was all about Wisconsin to the other, who was on the other end of the spectrum. You're very welcome then. <laughs> um, so two things from earlier in the podcast. First, I was so mad at myself when we ended the segment with James with him saying, go Kings go. Cause I just remembered like 10 questions. I should have asked him about Cartman being the mascot of the team. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so next That's time, nice. next time we'll save those. But the other piece here, Isha, I, I did my uh, standard post that usually gets a couple of people that even notice where I show what I'm drinking and just share the stream. Oh, yes. And uh dangerous man actually commented and said, love this. I replied and just said, well, hey, like, let me know when you guys are free to join the podcast so we can promote you. And they didn't even reply, but I finally got the follow back from Dangerous Man. So oh. optimistic that we can get them on here in the coming weeks. Three we'll months see if in I the can making. figure it out. Next oh, is Carly Zucker. Dude, this, is five, this, is, this is years in the making, man. We're working <laughs> on it. We're working on it. But hey, they acknowledged it. Hopefully we can get them on here soon to talk about this this glorious beer that is the peanut butter porter. Oh, and they'll be pumped to, to learn that. Like I've had it in Vancouver Island. Thanks to you. There you go. Um, Big la things. <laughs> la last thing that, uh, that I forgot to mention in our Honda division uh, segment there with Richard Blosser, uh, Alex Stalock was put on waivers and a lot. I don't, maybe a lot is exaggerating, but there was a lot of, or 
there's quite a few people on Twitter who were a little bit angry about this, worried, I think is the better word, in that he may be claimed and it's not fair for him to not get an opportunity or at least stay training with the Wild. The fact that this guy is being waived means that he's going to get a look in games, which is a good thing because... I thought it was amazing that he was back so soon, and I think it's doubtful that any team picks it up, picks him up based on the potential heart issue that he was that he was facing. Now I know to the public it's an upper body injury. I had a source that said it was a heart issue. Um, if I heard something like that, then the entire league knows about that, and the, I don't think he's going to be claimed by an NHL club, knowing that he still has a lot. He has to get a ton of reps in before he's ever going to be on an NHL roster again. I think it's great the Wild are keeping him in the system. This is why they're doing it. They're giving him reps at the AHL, or hopefully they're going to give him reps at the AHL. He can't get reps in the NHL right now uh, because the Wild are actually playing good. And let's be honest, both the goaltenders are carrying this team. So I, I wish him all the best. And I, I think that this is the good move. And I just want to say it to those who are watching the live stream because tomorrow he will not be claimed and he will be in Iowa um, <laughs> when you're listening to the podcast uh, that this is this is the good move. This is the right move. And I, I really hope that Alex Stalock, um continues to play professional hockey at the very least. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like you said, right move needed to happen. He's not. Even at his best, he might not be better than either of the goalies we have. But right now, let's just hope we can get him down to the AHL, get him back and playing. And hey, even if it means going to another team, I, I just hope he gets another shot, even in a backup role with some kind of NHL club. Um, before we transition out and uh, say goodbye, Isha, you know, when fans are listening to this on Monday on the podcast, talk about the game tonight we have vegas first game against them all year we've seen what they've been doing to teams like just talk about what to expect going into this and like how, if we're gonna win how you can't make any mistakes i think the wild have the tools defensively to to shut down the vegas golden knights scoring but then it's like okay can you provide the scoring and get past their two-way forwards in mark stone and their sound defense headed by Petriangelo. And then they have some pretty good goaltenders on the back too. So I think they had the wild to play flawless defensively. Their goaltenders have to, to stand up, step up, and they have to get some scoring. They, they, they can play the best defensive game of their, of every player's career. And if they don't score two to three goals, they will get worked. Damn. And I'm, I'm not sure how accurate this is, but I'm looking at daily face off right now. And it looks like they shuffled up their lines a ton and it's just scarier, man. Like three lines that literally will just come at you fast and hard. First line right now, according to them, is the same Stevenson and Stone, but they slotted Alex Tuck up there. I got to imagine that's got something to do with him just pissing all over the wild, but yeah. we'll see. Second line, Cody Glass, Max Pacioretty, and Riley Smith. Okay. Yeah. Cody Glass has been Her unreal this year. Third line, largely made up of what's been their first line for most of their existence, William Carlson, Jonathan Marcheseau, and then Nicholas Waugh. I'm sorry, anyone listening. I Again, I think the world of Fiala and Kaprizov, we don't stack up with that top three even remotely. Not close. The only Greenway, advantage Rath, we have. Keep, keep overperforming, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, no shit. We need a lot of overperformance. The only place that we beat them is on defense, but their top two guys, you could still argue, might be 
at least in the discussion, to be better than any of our guys. Like, Theodore and Petrangelo have looked incredible. Yeah, Theodore is unbelievable. Like, we but, all know how good Petrangelo is. You know, right. Stanley Cup winner, top defenseman for the Blues for so many years. <laughs> Shea Theodore is unbelievable. I know he gets talked about a lot in the Vegas market because he is their best defenseman. But he doesn't get a love, enough love league-wide. league, uh, league wide. Kind of like uh, uh, Slavin for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Shane Carlson isn't good as face-offs. No, no, he's not. Neither are we, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but, but look, Shane, giving us some hockey comments, not basketball, so I love it. There you go. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting, though, because as of now, they've got Theodore and Petrangelo playing together. So, again, it goes back to my whole argument of do not put Kaprizov and Fiala together because guess what? They got to choose, right? Yeah. Who are they going to lock down? And based on recent play, it's probably Kaprizov, which means Fiala, go out and have a day, man. He is the X factor going into this. If he can break loose and he can play against their second-tier defenseman, he's the guy that's got to bury a couple if we want to win. Hoppy, uh, who do you think is tied with uh, Fiala in points right now? That's the most broad question to possibly answer. What parameters do I have? Are you saying on the wild? Are you saying in the NHL? Like what what are you on the Minnesota wild? I'm sorry. On the Minnesota wild. Who is tied with him in points? points. With nine points. Oh, Zuccarello. No, Zuccarello has fucking 11. Damn. Victor. I was going to say, Ah, that's what I was on. Five goals. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so I, I was going to say Rask, but then the uh, Zuccarello answer seemed so appealing just because he's played, like, what, five games? <laughs> five or six games, dude. It's unbelievable. You, hey, our, hey, our fan in Brazil is commenting. To, go for it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, William Fernando da Silva, thanks for joining the stream again. So he says, I think we can beat Vegas, uh, but we can't give them power plays. This gonna hurt us. Agreed wholeheartedly. Now, I got to give you credit, though, Isha, because you took a huge leap on the last episode when I think he had played like three games at that point and Zuccarello had like seven or eight points. And you were so bold as to say that he might finish with the highest points per game on the wild roster that you are a brave soul. Well, that was our optimistic, uh, you know, point that we had to bring to the podcast. I brought that one. It was bold, and now it's it's not bold at all. He he was two points a game so far. Yeah, well, you didn't think he's gonna come back down to earth. This, this is Zuccarello we're talking about. By the way, Sean Costco, thanks for watching the stream, buddy. He says Hartman also has nine. I fucking love Hartman. He's See, a great. See, what you should have said, team. Isha, is that he will lead the team in points. That would have been bold. Yeah, I should have. It was an executive well, decision. I'll, I'll go back and edit. We're it laughing for you. about I'll... it now. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell him that you just said Zuccarello would have the most points. We're good. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, thanks to those who are tuning in on Google uh, Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, the best thing you can do for us this week, any week, is to give us five stars and a kind review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. If you're a fan of the NHL or any niche in the sport of hockey, uh, visit our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You'll find everything and anything hockey related uh on your app please download any podcast episode before you listen as it just helps our business you can find myself at the ice sports talk you can find hoppy at state of hoppy and you can find the soda pod at the soda pod on twitter and facebook and speaking of facebook we have a winner hoppy we have a winner for the jersey giveaway thanks to everyone who 
really helped bring our Facebook page uh, up from the ground. We built it up a little bit. We had a contest right out of the gate. People shared the post. They were interactive. They followed the page. We really appreciate it. Uh, Jared uh, Claren. Jared Claren. If you listen to the show, you have won the reverse retro jersey. When they're back on the shelves everywhere, you will get one. Because apparently, with this uh, with this wild uh, with these wild winds lately, people have been cleaning out every single online store of retro wild jerseys. Look, if you want a Terry uh, Newmelin one, an old school one, I got your back too, sir. Uh, but again, thanks to everyone who participated in the contest. There will be more moving forward. Jared uh, Claren, congratulations, sir. Uh, you won the Facebook contest. Round of applause. Round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you can find the network at HockeyPodNet on all social media as well, folks. And thanks to everyone who uh, supports us there. Signing off, I'm Isha Jeromey alongside the state of Hoppy. This has been the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. You good, man? I'm great. Don't fear. Just drink some beer and stay wild. He's my brother, man. And we are the brothers of discussion hosting Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a hope. In a season mired in tragedy and despair, we are here to be your audible Earl Grey, to bring joy, placidity, and perspective to one of the roughest eras in Red Wing history. Ah! We honor the past, find the positives in the present. I swear they're there. And paint the picture of what's to come in the Winged Wheels future. Paul Woods here on the radio broadcast of your Detroit Red Wings, and I'm going to play games like Who's That, Who's that Pokemon? Pokemon? Where Matt has to try and guess quotes pulled right out of context for Jeff Blashell, and we got to figure out who that Red Wing <laughs> is. Every episode, we put ourselves in the legendary shoes of Steve Iserman and play Be the GM. Finding ways to ice a competitive team while accumulating assets for the franchise's future. We also shoot the breeze. Some of the great local and national voices in Red Wings hockey, including Ken Kell and Keith Gave and Greg Wyshynski and Ryan Lambert. Check us out every Monday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And check us out live every Wednesday and Sunday for Red Wings reactions and live conversations with you on our YouTube channel, The Brothers of Discussion.